Welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 49, Shit Snake Moon Cycles, Raspberry Beaver Butt, and Birth Control. Oh yeah, today's episode is actually a request of one of you listeners. And so today we're going to talk about a lot of the food and supplement uh, tips that Lisa and I have used over the course of our life, as well as some of the new ones that Brian's using, which is pretty much why we have the title of this episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But we also had a request for our thoughts on birth control and from a spiritual perspective. So we're going to talk about that actually right in the beginning. Uh, we're also going to talk about body intuition, uh, the 80-20 rule when it comes to uh, good health versus bad health. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, we, we, we realize that some of our discussions have turned into a bit of an anti-sex podcast, which we are not trying to say. We are not saying don't have sex. But, you know, there are all these things that are happening that you know, we're learning more and more as we uh, experience things and learn things. And we're going to share some of that with you because there's more reasons why you may want to be apprehensive about having sex or even just kissing anyone out there. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we all had to say. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. I am here with Lisa and Brian. Today, we've had a listener request uh, topic of discussion, and uh, it's something that Lisa and I have done a lot throughout our life. So we're happy to share all of our knowledge and experience with what has worked for us and what hasn't worked for us. And it pertains to um, the health, our health, uh, foods, supplements, diet, and skincare. So Lisa, what was the um, email that we got? Uh, It says, I'd be interested in learning more about your daily health routines. I know you have talked a lot about food, but I'd be interested to learn about other products you maybe have added or stopped using and why. And I'd also be interested to hear opinions about birth control, ideally not from a political point of view, but more spiritual. Oh, that's interesting. Do you want to so start we, with birth control? <laughs> do I want to start with birth control? <laughs> um, like how I feel about birth control? Well, this person's asking how we feel about it from a spiritual place. And, you know, for my from my own experience, I don't really use birth control. I um at least in the pill form, the hormonal stuff. When I was really young and I started to become sexually active, um you know, my mom was like, "Oh, you should go on the pill and all that." And so I did. And um I just had a really bad reaction when I came off of it for the first time. And it sent me I had to actually be rushed to the hospital. And I was experiencing, um, it was during my first ovulation after I stopped taking the pill. And I remember being in the bathroom at my parents. I was still living with my parents. I think it was, I was home from university. Um, it was, it was the summertime, I think. And, um, I was in the bathroom, like blow drying my hair or something like that. And 
I just started to get really crampy in my in my abdomen, I guess around my ovaries. And I didn't know what was going on. And, and I just started to double over in pain. Like I just I fell to my knees to the floor. I felt my whole body going into shock, um, like starting from the extremities. So like my feet and hands started to get really numb and it started to move up into my torso. And I was scared that I was like my heart was going to explode. And it was really a scary experience for me. And so my sister walked, happened to be walking past the bathroom. The door was open and she saw me on the floor and she's like, oh, my God. And so she rushed me to the hospital. She got me in the car and she rushed me to the hospital and I remember just being there on the highway as she's driving, thinking my heart's going to burst out of my chest. My heart's going to burst out of my chest. And so when I finally got to the hospital, things started to calm down. And it turns out my aunt had the same problem where when she came off birth control and she ovulated for the first time, she had the exact same experience that I had. And I just that wasn't that scared me. That was really scary. And I just realized like I don't want synthetic hormones in my body because I obviously know enough now but even back then I'm like I just don't understand how synthetic hormones work with my regular hormones and how that affects my well-being and plus I don't know if you've ever been on the pill Lisa but my moods changed so much I became an absolute um, water sprinkler like from my eyes like I just couldn't stop crying all the time I'm like that all the time (laughs) And I just, I just didn't feel like me. I didn't know who I was. I actually didn't know who I was anymore when I was on the pill. The, my boyfriend didn't know who I was anymore. I felt like I was going crazy in my head because I was having these emotions that I wasn't used to having. And I just attributed it to um, being on the, the pill, the hormones. And so I just decided, like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not worth it to me. And the, obviously, there are other ways to, um, to prevent, you know, getting uh, pregnant. But... I just knew that these hormones were not the right way. So what does that have to do? Oh, this is Brian, by the way, and I don't know anything about what we're talking about today. <laughs> and so what does that bring that to back to spirituality? Well, I'll just say I, I was on the pill for a short time, but the reason I got off, I didn't really have any bad reactions, but the reason I got off was because um, I just, intuitively knew that this couldn't be good for me it just didn't make sense I didn't like the idea of putting hormones in me and it just wasn't natural and I just decided it wasn't for me yeah so I've never used anything that would disrupt my natural state that is how I feel about birth control as far I have that's how you feel personally about birth control on a spiritual level, I don't have any problem with it. It's an interesting question. It's hard to, I think it's hard to answer. Yeah. Well, some people are, you know, vehemently against it, you know, and they think it's killing a baby. Birth control, the Catholics don't think you're not allowed to use it, to use the rhythm method. And that's a religious reason. Those are religious. Even though I think spirituality and religion gets confused. And, and I mean, that's, I think that's one reason why it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, I have Is there a no... spiritual reason 
why you should be on birth control. Take birth control or not take birth control? I mean, other than to me, you know, my body is a temple sort of thing, and I want to be at the highest vibration possible. And to me, that means not taking anything that's not natural, not putting anything that's not natural in my body or would disrupt my system. Like there's some of those pills you can take now where you just don't even get your period. Yeah, those like, scary. For three months or something. I just, that just is not. Doesn't sound right to me. Right. I mean, you're it's a natural good thing. You're releasing your body of toxins. Like why would you not want to get your period? I think that birth control I mean, I mentioned religion. There's a lot yeah. of people that have this programming and this belief that it's wrong. And am I less spiritual of a person because I use birth control? You know, I okay. I Let's think when it comes right down to it, keep spirituality about it. is and just a, being a true expression of yourself. And that we need to be able to make our own choices. I think that's a good point. I think that that's well, and nice also way to look at it. Spirituality is an expression of our true self. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I like that. But also, like, you know, Lisa, you and I intuitively knew it wasn't right. And that's something that strengthens, you know, as you start to pay attention more to your own inner knowing um as you stop listening to all the outside voices and you start going within and for me it was just something that I just wasn't willing to compromise on with my own health of my body and I think the health of our body is half is a third of our spirituality you know we talk about raising our vibrations like you did like you didn't want your vibration to be low you know when you put anything synthetic in your body that's not meant to be there then that's going to work against your your health, your body. And like that's, you know, when, when you hear about this in the spiritual community all the time about the ascension process, you, you cannot ascend um, without paying attention to the physical because our body is, when you think about the Holy Trinity, when you bring it into spirituality, it's the body, mind, and soul. And so if you were to only work on the mind and the soul and completely forget about your body, there's no way you could ascend because you're not, you're not looking at it from a holistic point of view. And I think that's an interesting, what, what you just said, what, what popped into my head, you said you were talking about putting synthetic things into our body. You didn't use the word hormone. You said putting synthetic products into our body. Um, and it immediately made me think, because obviously I'm not putting, well, I shouldn't say obviously, because men nowadays take testosterone, which is synthetic, or can be, I think. Um, but it made me initially think of supplements. Um, That's why I don't want synthetic supplements. It, yeah, but but it's but it's an interesting thing, because the idea is tied with health. You know, take these supplements, be more healthy. But you're then putting something synthetic in in your body. So then do you get into, are all supplements bad? Are only synthetic supplements bad? Because theoretically, you can get everything that a supplement is giving you with natural products. 
Now, it may take more effort, it may take more money, it may take more time, but you can eat certain foods, you can grow your own whatever and eat it, and that's going to give you anything that you should be able to get from a supplement. True. True? Okay. Yes. Well, so. yes and no. No, yes and no. I'm going to disagree with some of that because you have to understand where do your minerals and vitamins come from? It comes from the soil, and the soil is extremely depleted here of nutrients, and so there's only so much our food can actually grasp from the soil. So, yes, in in you know, theory. in a perfect world, in theory, you ideally would like to be getting all of your nutrition from food, but the earth has been raped so badly, the soil has been raped so badly that it's hard to say, you know, where, how much of those nutrients are really still in your food. And With conventional farming, yes, but couldn't you, and I'm just throwing this out here as a better alternative to any supplement, if you were in control of all of your own food. So that means you buy your own land or you have your own land, you have your own farm, which means you're in control of making sure that soil is healthy because there are, you know, as a landscape architect, this is something I became aware of in the last couple of years. There are farming techniques available that make, that are very holistic and that, that help with the whole, with the whole life cycle. And, you know, especially in terms of, Oh, you know, we just watched. We this just movie, watched it on the magic the, the, pill. On, the, on this, on this incredible documentary about uh, being in a state of uh, ketosis called the Magic Pill on Netflix. Check it out. Um, that it was, it was a vegan woman, correct? And she wanted to grow her own vegetables, and she ended up becoming a farmer. <laughs> a farmer, but she she ended up becoming an omnivore. She was a vegan, and she started eating meat because as she discovered the process of farming you can't have and i think this is this is to your point nicole you can't have the nutrients into the vegetables without the chickens and the ducks roaming around doing certain things and the pig she said and, and pigs and they're eating certain bugs or insects and they're adding nutrients and you know rotating and i mean all the, there's all these different things that are happening and it's something that i had also learned working with a farmer in beijing who was trying to change the way um farming is done by have by by growing on mounds because if you look at a if you look at a traditional farm it's flat so your surface area is, you know, X times Y. But if you mound up the earth and then you have these rows of tall mounds, you now have greatly increased. You've almost doubled, doubled the surface area of what you can grow upon. And so, so anyway, there's, there's really fascinating techniques to make sure we are, we are in control of it. So, yes, if you're looking at just getting your products from a store, yeah. I mean, Earth I think, has been raped. but yeah, and I think realistically, most of the population doesn't have the opportunity to have their own farm. So there's Farmers that. markets. Yeah. So you just, you can't be sure. But I mean, it, I recently, Brian and I both went to a naturopath and I had my blood tested for, you know, hormones and um, I did a vitamin panel and all that type of stuff because I was feeling really tired and, and hormonal. And I figured there was, you know, some things out of balance. So you can have, you know, can, you can have a test done to find out what you're low in. And, and I found out I was like super low in B and super low in iron. And I had been taking B supplements for years. Synthetic. 
And I didn't yeah, realize clearly they were, but I, it's, they're so tricky the way they label things that you, it's really hard to tell. So my, I now only buy um, vitamins that my natural path recommends that she told me are good. Um, so, you know, I think that that's so what, something what brands are those we should yeah. put that in the liner notes. Some of the brands that, uh, we know are that, good that I know Nicole has done a lot of research into this in terms of what she buys and then what we've been guided to buy on the naturopath we should put in the, in the show notes. Yeah. We can do that for sure. Yeah, and they're just but, suggestions so that people can go and look at that. And, of course, you know, like with anything, if there's anything you're uncertain about, always check with your doctor. But um, Well, h- hang on a second. We had this discussion yesterday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Lisa made a really, I think, great statement about what a doctor is. And, and, and just saying that is this like – perfect it, time to talk it, about and it. And it's – you know, we started seeing a naturopath and this is what they do, but go see your doctor. Okay. And I'm doing air quotes. Go see your doctor. That doctor is trained to treat you with medicine. That's, and that's about it. That's what they're trained to do. So I don't know if I would recommend to our listeners, go see your doctor. Well, I'm going to say go this. Go to Whole Foods and see a naturopath. First of all, I consider my naturopath a doctor. She's a naturopathic doctor. So if, someone, if someone were to tell me to go see a doctor, that's who I would choose to see. However, but I from, don't know if that's from what a lot of our listeners have access to. From I don't a, know. From a legal standpoint, though, you know, you can't just start saying, go try this and go try that and uh, not get sued if something sure. goes wrong. So, yeah, that's why I said it, because I'm protecting all of us. Um, <laughs> but from my own personal opinion, and this is my opinion, I would certainly not go to my own, uh, like a medical doctor, a family doctor, uh, for advice on, you know, what I should or shouldn't be taking. I would go to my naturopathic doctor because I've had incredible success with her and I trust her much more, especially with her knowledge of the body and how it works with food, with supplements, you know, versus what you just said, not medicine. Yeah, I think naturopaths do a great job. And and I I think old Brian would have laughed at the idea of a naturopath. But what's really incredible. But you've had a great experience. Yeah, I mean, the experience that I've had that, you know, I've been seeing my keep in mind. And I mentioned this several episodes ago. I chose my doctor, my based on, you know, not your typical Western doctor. That one guy that I, you know, had in Boulder, and then my doctor that I had been seeing here, um, in in Denver, before I moved to China. Again, not your traditional Western. I mean, the guy's actually Chinese, so trained in Eastern medicine. And still, I would go and say, you know, very lethargic. I'm, you know, every afternoon I'm tired and and. I don't even remember what recommendations or suggestions were, but I had been saying this for a decade, always tired. And I I say the same thing to a naturopath and she just says, maybe you have worms. Take this, take take this mimosa pudica, which is great by the way. And within a day of taking it, I didn't, I did, I, my, my energy was up and it had started killing the worms and I poo worms and it's great and awesome. (laughs) 
Okay. So, you know, so yeah, I think, I think what a naturopath did for me was, was really incredible. And I don't even know if I want to go see a real doctor, Western doctor, medical doctor. I don't, I don't know what, what word if to you use want, as a if, distinction. But if you want what we talk, what I said the other night is the way I've always, for most of my life, since I've you know, been probably 18 years old, the way I've thought about doctors is, and again, everything that we say here is only our opinion, as Nicole said, you know, we're not, yeah, cover your ass. We're not (laughs) trying to tell anybody not to go to a doctor or anything like that. This is just our own personal experiences. But, you know, even, you know, raising my children, I've always thought of doctors as somewhere to go when I really feel like I need medicine. You know, my kids would get a sick, sick, get a fever. We'd get, you know, and I would use my intuition basically as a mother and my experience in getting ill to say, you know, is this something that is probably going to need an antibiotic or is this just a fever and a virus that's going to, you know, work its way out? And I would only take my kids to the doctor if I really felt like they needed medicine. And I just think that maybe that's not the case with all doctors there may be medical doctors mds but right. you know but an md a, a naturopath's also an, an, an md yeah. an md right i mean my my doctor that i had in boulder he was i think that exception to the rule he was very different he, his first gut was not medicine he would say i'm going to give you this whole here's all the possible treatments i can sting you with bees or i can give you a drug that's what great. do you want to choose but he didn't figure out your leaky gut thing. I don't remember saying that back then. I was much, much younger. I was, you know, mid-20s. You know, one thing, because I I really don't think I have a a lot of deep knowledge on this topic that we're going to get into, I think in in the not-so-distant future, you guys are going to start talking about a lot of products that I just don't know because I basically do whatever Lisa tells me to do. Um, when it comes to that, when it comes clear, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> definitely not everything. But I, I, but I think this is really interesting because I never thought it was a possibility. Um, it, it's a kind of a gross topic. Um, this idea of worms, and and the, what I the reason I want to circle back to this is I actually gave the worms to Lisa. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Well, this is this is really interesting. So the naturopath told Thanks, us baby. that the the eggs from these worms are in my saliva. So exchanging bodily fluid with somebody, boom, you have eggs. Now Lisa, with a couple of weeks ago, started taking the mimosa pudica, and there you go. She's 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 had she's whoosh, there they are. <laughs> we call them poo snakes, um, but it's. I, it's it's a real thing. I mean, and 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 our and our doctor, our naturopath said pro- most people probably have them and she they don't said, even know it. She said because the eggs are in the soil in America, and a lot of people don't think that they think when you're in America, you know, you're not going to get these things that you get in other countries right. traveling around the world or whatever. And she said she it's a it's growing more and more. Like she cannot believe how many people come to her and it's almost like she's just suggested to everybody and 80% of them end up having these um, roundworms. Well, well, and she even, she even went so far as to talk about a very aggressive way to clean your produce. 
was like, wow, I don't know about. I mean, I don't even remember to get the rid. Of, it was like to just scrub, soak the sh- them in hydrogen peroxide for fifteen minutes, right. and then scrub them with something else. I right, and then make sure you're always peeling off with a you peel know, with a, all with a your carrot vegetables. peel or whatever. Just peel the outside layer off and only eat the inside. And well, that's kind of really- crap because a lot of the vitamins and nutrients are in the peels. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that. We just there's another um, products, a natural supplement that you take to kill off the eggs of these roundworms. Right. So you know we also take that. But I mean, I guess it's just something that if you really want to know where your body's at health wise, I mean, I would personally recommend that you get you know a, um, what is it called a, a vitamin panel or whatever, so that you know if you are really deficient in some areas and not others. I think if you're really serious about, you know, your health and, and wanting to, you know, maybe raise your vibration, this is spiritual thing, you know, that you have to be really conscientious of what you put in your body and try to balance, balance things out. It's really, you know, difficult, especially if you've been eating any sort of processed foods or, you know, Plus, in a weekend, there's so many topics that we can talk about from GMOs. But but, know, I guess, but I guess my point in saying that, well, I mean, we started out talking about sex, basically. And you you don't know what the, you don't always know the health of the people you've been with. And I gave me worms. Gave you Thanks. worms. And. You know, oh God, this is so depressing. <laughs> under, but understanding that, you know, I lived in China, and that's more than likely where I got them, or maybe I, who, who knows? I mean, who who knows why I ended up with snakes? Let's call them snakes because it's less gross. Um, and and then I gave Lisa snake. My snake. You know what? I just have to say that this this podcast sometimes is turning into like a anti-sex podcast because we're always talking about you know people's energy cords that you can get having sex with them and now DNA you can floaters get, right I mean you you think you're just getting the worm but you're really getting the worms <laughs> yeah there's I did just say that so many more things than STDs <laughs> I mean there's STD energy cords worms just don't sleep with anybody yeah oh gosh man but then but it's even it's even kissing i mean that's what she said she said kissing and it's not even sex it was just you can get you can contract these little round worms round worm eggs which are kissing obviously they're microscopic so so does that mean sharing a spoon yeah you know i mean how, how it's it's not a it's not a germ that can die in you know, room temperature air or whatever. Well, so, you know, to go back to spoon. to go back to this whole idea of parasites, because this is actually something that is a big problem. I did so when I was in my mid twenties, I learned how to analyze live blood cells, which is completely different than getting your blood taken at the doctor, um, because they actually kill the sample when it comes through a needle. But I would learn how to take someone. Oh, really? Yeah, the blood gets killed. So. What I would do is I would take a finger, I would poke someone's, uh, prick someone's thumb or finger and gently allow the blood to come to the surface and take a drop of it on a slide and so that it's still alive. Mm. And then I would analyze it under a dark field microscope and that would allow me to see how the blood looks like in your body. 
So, so all the things are still moving, whatever is in it. It's all moving. All the cells are still moving on the slide. I, it, it's, it's wild. And so from the, one of the things that I saw were a lot of people have parasites in their red blood cells. Huh. And I could see them. And, um, and what most people don't realize is where they get them from is from their pets. And oh, sure. so you're, if you have pets that, ha- that go outdoors at all, then you likely have parasites. Now, I'm not talking about the ones that Brian's talking about, but the ones that um, I had them because I had cats and uh, the way that I was able to remove them from my blood. And this is what I saw. I, I, I analyzed my blood and then I tested it two months later and I was able to get rid of all of my um, parasites using black walnut tincture. Now, okay. now, what's really interesting about parasites, because we've talked about negative entities and human batteries and these right. parasitic entities spirit, from a spiritual standpoint, it, it also is obviously from a physical standpoint. So when you have these parasites in your body, they can't thrive without your energy. And so many people suffer from this chronic fatigue syndrome or what right. they think is chronic fatigue. And really, a large part of it could be due to you might have parasites that are lowering your energy. Like you said, as soon as you started taking it, your energy levels went up. Well, I also had two types of parasites. So so she immediately had me do this. I had to do a test. You know, it wasn't a blood test. It was I had to send, stool my, test. I had to st- send in my stool sample. And she said, you have these two types of parasites. And um, they've got me on a whole I, – I can try the black walnut oil too, but this is a whole re- regimen. regiment of – of different um, essential, oils. essential oils that I take tied to the moon cycle. So the, the parasites are more active as there's a full moon. So it starts with the new moon. Oh, and it goes really? Days. Yeah, I didn't so, know so, that. so I, I only take it for 20 days, 10 days before the full moon, and 10 days after the full moon. And then there's this other one that I take that starts one day before the full moon and ends one day after it's only a three day. So, and then I do that for three months. So there are, there are ways and, and, you know, to, to, to deal with it. Uh, That's very interesting that they're tied into the moon cycle. Yeah. Yeah. They're more active. There's this guy here in Denver, actually, that specializes in these parasites and not just the worms, but the parasites and the worms that are within us. And they make, they, he he makes these these pills, um, and they they have their own company that some sort of botanical company where they're they're doing all these tinctures uh, these tinctures with the with the essential oils, and that's what they have discovered is that it's it's driven by the driven by the moon. You know, actually, they gave me as by becoming a member of their you know company or whatever, they gave me this PDF that has all this information about parasites and worms. It's probably a 40-page PDF. We can put it on the on the website for download. Oh, okay. You know, and I, I just think it's important. If the thing, like we watched The Magic Pill like on Netflix. It was a great, great movie. And it just really got me thinking even more and more about just – the programming that we've received and what we're taught to believe about what's healthy and what's not healthy. And when you go to your doctor and you have, you know, maybe chronic fatigue syndrome, keep in mind they're 
if they're a medical doctor and they've been trained in medicine, what they're, the answers they're going to give you are going to be take medicine. Right. And, and they're not going to ask you what are you eating. They're not going to ask you what you're eating. And, and, you know, I've just, I feel so strongly about the fact that if there's any health problem you have, absolutely anything, like even MS I heard is tied to leaky gut, which blows my mind, from Alzheimer's to, you know, MS and all these different things, you can go right back to what you're putting in your body can actually end up cancer. You know, there's, you can cure cancer just by what you're eating. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a big part of the, this whole process with the naturopath. For me, it turns out that I have leaky gut. It turns out that I sh- should be gluten free. I shouldn't have any type of gluten. She did a special panel and she she came to this within a few months of me of, of meeting me and I had been telling you know talking with with traditional doctors for years for a decade or more and I should have been not eating certain foods for a very long time right and we're even gonna take out dairy now I've I've stopped eating gluten and now we're gonna take I'm taking out dairy out of my diet <gasps> it's no right doesn't it just suck I can't eat anything good anymore. <laughs> Oh my god! I just don't know if I can like let go of my cheese. <laughs> I know. See, and Lisa and I had this conversation. It's like, how? I mean, it tastes so good. It's not that I'm addicted to it. It t- it tastes really, really freaking good. And it tastes That's really, so really perfect. good with wine. Yes. Right. But oh. it's worth it with your for your health. I mean, when it comes down to it, you have to. I know everyone's gonna love to hear this. You have to love yourself. <laughs> you know. And loving yourself means listening to your body and taking care of your body, yeah. you know. And I think – I know someone, a friend of mine's husband, he was – she was tested gluten-free. She had to be gluten-free. And then – so she got him tested and they told him he needed to be gluten-free and he won't, he won't do it. He said hmm. that it disrupts his, you know, work life with the guys – the type of business he has, he's always going out for business lunches and happy hours and things. And he, he doesn't want to be like, you know, the pansy who can't right. eat a burger with a regular bun or whatever. And, you know, when you're thinking that way, you know, spirituality is about the expression of your true self, right? right. And not trying to fit in these molds of everyone else. So, you know, it's different for everybody. You're a unique individual, and I think if I had to tie food and health and spirituality all together, I would just say, you know, listen to who it is that you are right. and honor that and pay attention yeah. to your body. Well, you know, we're also very lucky in terms of where we live um, that we can do a lot of these things. You know, Colorado and Denver and Boulder area is very progressive. I'm sure there are some of our listeners that, you know, live in the Midwest, live in the Midwest in small towns and wouldn't have access. I mean, for me, finding out that I needed to be gluten free, I couldn't I couldn't live in a better place. There are restaurants we can go to that are gluten free menus and there are restaurants that are completely gluten free. It's not hard at all for me to be gluten free. But if I lived where I actually grew up, holy hell, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and to tie it all back into like to take this back to the being, because I want to make sure that we answer this listener's question, you know, when we're talking about birth control and spirituality, 
it's got to feel right to you. If you feel like it's right for you to take birth control, then that's what you should be doing. Uh, but for me personally, it didn't feel right to me. It, it obviously clearly did not agree with my body. And, um, and I, I mean, it only took one trip to the hospital for it to be like, that's it. That's the last time. Um, but you know, like I, every time we make these choices, whether it was through the birth control or whether it's through deciding to see a naturopath at the age of 20 versus seeing a medical doctor and starting to take more natural supplements and use homeopathic remedies and using essential oils and start paying attention to what I'm eating, just as Lisa said, you know, like these are things that are intuitively felt right to me and to do anything differently didn't feel right. And so that's how you kind of start to really strengthen uh, your own connection to your higher self, your 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 inner knowing, and that kind of like divine guidance that's waiting for us to retrieve it if we're willing to listen. And I think so, the, the key is listening. Mm-hmm. If really you do have to listen, listen to your own body, and if it doesn't feel right, then I mean I've learned that I, big lesson just with my back. I had you know this the first. 30 podcasts I think I talked about how bad my backache was and it the backache ended up being a blessing because it's taught me to listen to my body more because I tend to want to push through pain and stuff like that and I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that and and maybe this is two different sides of the coin when you say you have to listen to your body because when you said that it made me think I think you have to want to ask first if, if you're not interested in asking the question, it doesn't matter if you're going to listen. And I, and, and I, I, and I almost that's wonder true. if, I almost wonder if that's yeah, I where it starts. If, if, if you don't want to know anything, you don't want to ask the question. It doesn't matter. Well, and that's actually one of the biggest parts of the programming is that we don't question things. We just allow ourselves to be spoon fed. Mm-hmm. That's the, the crux of it right there. It's yeah. just, and, and I've talked about this a lot recently because it's just something that I've just really understand more now than I've ever understood before is the, the programming and the lies that we're being fed. Like from, you know, the sugar industry, you know, paying people off and lobbying and all this to make it look like, oh, sugar's not what's causing disease. It's the fa- it's fat that's causing it. Or, you know, and we have this trust in our government that, you know, vaccinations are safe. This is what you're, you're supposed to do. And, you know, that's not the case. And when you start looking at all these things, like the commercials on TV, it's, it's, you know, fat free. This is now healthy for you. Or even our, what's that, the triangle, the, um, the food pyramid, the food pyramid is wrong. Upside down. It's totally mm-hmm. upside down. It's totally wrong. I, a friend of mine who had um, a heart problem ended up having to go to like physical therapy after he had the stint put in his heart. And he was just blown away at what they were recommending he eat like things including like margarine. Oh God. You know, and he just was like, you know, the American Heart Association, the stuff that they're feeding you isn't the truth. And I think it's just, it's a really, really big pill, big red pill to swallow. Yeah. A couple, when, uh, there have been a couple of 
things for our listeners to watch if they want more information. You mentioned the sugar that that the was another move Netflix, Netflix called Sugar Coated. Called Sugar Coated. That's a great one to watch. But there's a lot of information out there about these things, you know, and it's just you have to do your own research. And like Nicole said, ask you know, ask the like Brian said, ask the question. Nicole said, do what feels right for you. But you know, spirituality. I don't think there's any. The beauty of it is there's no right and wrong. There is no God up there judging you like, yeah, you're not going to ascend because you ate meat or you use birth control or you, you know, it's your own journey. And there's, I don't think there's any right or wrong. Like, doesn't that journey also start with a question? You know, you can't become enlightened. Yes, you have to listen to what your higher self is saying, but you have to. Well, you have to open the door. The first, you have to be willing. There has to be a first communication with that higher self and say, hey, I have a question. And I need, and then, yes, so then you and, need to listen and to And what it. often happens is through, and this is an example, this isn't, um, this isn't mainstay, but what happens is, is that you have people who go through life and eat unhealthy, don't think about what they're putting in their body, just keep consuming, consuming of what they've been told to consume. And then one day they wake up and they're told they have, say, cancer. And it's a come to Jesus moment many times where it's a wake up call. And that wake up call was purposely put in to your life path, whatever. It was, so you could experience whatever the reasons are. Perhaps it was to experience, you know, what it means to be really unhealthy and how to recover back from that. Uh, and so, and maybe whatever you're, and oftentimes our trials and tribulations, our biggest life lessons are what we're meant to help teach others in this life. And so who knows why, like maybe, you know, for some people who just are so unhealthy and then all of a sudden, like they have this wake up one day and it's like, what am I doing to myself? Like, it just could be like you wake up and you just don't want it anymore and you don't know why and you just start asking questions. It's like, it can, it can come out of the blue instantaneously. Um, but there's just so many reasons as to why this is happening, but it, it all comes down to, like you said, Brian, there has to be a question or a willingness to initiate that process. And you know, on that, I think it was the sugar-coated movie, there was uh, an athlete, a young 20-something-year-old athlete, yeah, extreme athlete who, extreme athlete who, you know, worked out, personal trainer, you know, watched what he ate and all that. And he realized that he, I think through maybe his girlfriend or workout partner, something about this whole sugar thing. And he went and got his blood test and realized he was pre-diabetic. And most the energy bars and the things that he'd been using during his workout, which he thought were healthy for him, were causing causing this pre-diabetic state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Like there's nothing you have, don't eat anything that's not natural. Like if you you can't recognize the word on the package, if it comes in a box, you probably shouldn't eat it. You know, honestly, any energy bars. If if it's designed to have a stable shelf life, you know, then you shouldn't eat it, which, which basically means you should only be eating meats and vegetables. Right. Well, if it's if it's on a shelf, it's already dead. Right. So. And then cooked foods. That's something yeah, that's I've true. learned recently. 
you know, I, I've always known it, but I've just, I guess I'm choosing now to adhere to it and really listen to is cooked foods. Like once you cook your vegetables to a certain degree, whatever it is, 110 or something, you kill the vitamins in it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Brian and I have been eating more raw vegetables and salads and snacks with raw it, vegetables. And they definitely taste better, but yeah, I mean, but, how many, how many families, well, I mean, it's, it's all the same, you know, rabbit's hole that they've already gone down, you know, they're sitting around their dinner table and they, they think they're eating healthily because there's vegetables on their plate. But, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I grew up in the Midwest and my mom overcooked the vegetables, you know, if they're not gray and soggy, you know, <laughs> you, how do you know it's a vegetable? <laughs> So you get this pile of mush, and it's like, okay, I'm, and and then what? Eat what do your all, vegetables. And exactly, that's what I was gonna say. What do all parents say? Eat your vegetables. What is like? Well, What's that's, the point? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, give me one raw carrot. And... Exactly. Well, I wanted to offer the audience um, some of the stuff that I've learned through my and this and this has not been through conventional school this is through my own studying um separate courses that i've taken and i learned a lot through my live cell analysis or live blood analysis under the dark field microscope um working with actually one of the top doctors in north america who studied this and he taught me that you know there are some staples that everyone can have in their so-called repertoire for supplements that will give them a pretty good leg up on the average person. And one of those things is, is that you want to take something that's alkalizing your blood. So for instance, <clears throat> super cheap, you can find it anywhere, but baking soda is a really easy way to alkalize your blood. And uh, what you can do is you just take like half a teaspoon in some water and I would some I would add like lemon juice to it which will make it fizz uh, but it makes it a little bit more palatable to drink down that is if you were to have that every day that is one way to keep your blood alkalized uh, another way that I know you Lisa we both do this is we take apple cider vinegar um, in some water every morning and I that I've actually had my um, my cells tested recently by regular doctors and they couldn't believe how alkaline like they're like your cells are very alkalized so i was like oh okay my apple cider vinegar is working <laughs> um yeah it's not doesn't taste good but i just do a couple teaspoons in the water and just chug it like a shot <laughs> yeah yeah so alkalizing your blood's one thing another thing that everyone should be taking is vitamin c now you need to find a non-synthetic vitamin c supplement um, and the capsules are, I mean, the cap, yeah, the capsules are always better than tablets. That's what your naturopath the, said, right? Yeah. The powder. Cause you want the powder form, mm -hmm. not the hard coated form. Yeah. So vitamin C is really important cause almost everyone's deficient in vitamin C. Um, bees, bees are really important. And as Lisa can attest to not synthetic ones because <laughs> Clearly that work. didn't help. Yeah. Um, okay. So then also a calcium greens. and magnesium. Um, yeah. Calcium magnesium is important. Um, if you can find a liquid calcium magnesium for anyone who is up in Canada, I don't know if they sell this one in the States. I think they do, but I know this brand is really good. Genestra. 
Um, Genestra is a great product brand. In fact, that's one of the brands that I would sell clients um, when they were having their blood analyzed. We knew it worked. I We tested it. We saw the cells change. The blood got healthier um, using those products. So I know that that's a brand that definitely works. Um, now, CalMag, you want to take in the evening because it does make you a little sleepy. So don't be taking that in the morning. It's also, timing is also knowing when to take all your supplements. It's not like you just throw, you know, chuck them all down in one shot. Like there are certain things. I break mine out. Yeah. I try to take over 20 pills, but I have little packages and I take them throughout the day. Some I have to take on an empty stomach, so. Some you have to take on an empty stomach. Sometimes some you have to take after food. Some you have to take with food. There's so many different things. And I totally get that it can become like, you know, this scheduling nightmare for many people trying to figure it out. But once you kind of get into your own routine and it becomes habit, it's that's what it is. It's just habit now. And so it's and it's totally worth it. Um, the other thing that was said that everyone should be taking is a greens powder, um, some sort of green supplement, uh, whether it's wheatgrass or a, a spirulina is really good. Spirulina, some sort of greens powder. Um because that also helps alkalize the body, but there's so many great nutrients and um, vitamins and minerals and everything in there that help work with the cells. Um, in Why a- does it have to be a powder? Why can't you just have kale or spinach? Or dandelion root. You can, but like I said, the powder is um, a much more potent serving. You would have to eat like a ton of kale. To yeah, we get- figured that out. Yeah. I'd have to have like four large smoothies to equal three tablespoons of my powder. Yeah. So um, this just helps you make sure you get like your vegetable servings in and like it, it really helps with the body. So those were um, some of the things. And of course, anyone who has pets, black walnut tincture, um, you just And drop- mimosa pudica also does kill other parasites as well. Yeah. No, that's worms. No, it, it's said on the website that it killed other parasites that it didn't name what they were i mean but if you have the means and you're able to go to a natural path and have your blood tested you know that would be my recommendation more than than just your blood test though there were so many tests that we did yeah and actually we they even have now nowadays and it was so convenient they come to your house the phlebotomist comes to your house yeah that was nice I have I have my blood drawn like five different times for lots of different different tests to see what was going on. And but I you know I feel a lot better. I'm taking triple amount of iron and triple amount of B and you know a bunch of other stuff. But I have noticed that I have a lot more energy than than I had before. So well, that's so that's all stuff that goes into your body. What about other stuff that I think is probably a bigger issue for women than men that stuff you're putting on the outside of your body. Yeah, I think that's really great. And I think that was part of our listeners question too, is not only what are you eating, but what type of products? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that your skin is an organ and everything that you put on it goes right into your bloodstream. And we're, you know, the cosmetic industry is... Well, if you're gluten-free like me, you have to be... Some things have wheat. Exactly. So Some lotions actually have wheat. Um, But that and household cleaning products. So I know that for myself, I got rid of absolutely everything that wasn't 
natural as far as putting on my body or using products in my house. So you I know, use, a friend of yours actually makes your your makeup or it's a lotion I, or something. Yeah, I love and Nicole uses it. She can attest to it. It's called Tilvi, T-I-L-V-E-E, um, but they have just amazing um, lotions for your face and will take years off of you. Nicole and I both experienced that. But it's all that. completely natural. And because, it's all completely natural. Because one one thing that's interesting about about you, you're you're so sensitive to to fragrances that are in products that like you you can't even use like a normal bar of soap. You'll right. just start itching. Itching. So you you have to make sure it's taken. It's yeah, I taken only use like an oatmeal soap with no fragrance. I before that I used. Dove, like for sensitive skin, but then I realized that that even it's isn't made from chemicals. the greatest. I guess all soap is made from chemicals. Um, yeah, so it's just, you know, the laurel sulfates that are in things. The, you just have to be really careful about what you're putting on your body, especially if you're a woman that's wearing makeup every day or foundation. And well, they also hide ingredients in plain sight. And, you know, that was something that, that I had to figure out you know, when, again, when I found out that I needed to be gluten-free and then I found this website that just listed, here's all the things that, you know, are glutinous, right? But then it said, you also have to watch out for these words that were natural flavoring. And natural flavoring was one. And, and it's just so interesting that they hide ingredients. Oh, well, didn't we just find out last week, um, you know, at happy hour, our friend told us that anything that says natural raspberry flavor on it comes from the anal glands of beavers. Or raspberries. It comes from one of the two. It yeah. could come from actual raspberries, but it could also come from beaver butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> And then house cleaning. So I would have to say, you know, as a mother, this has always been a challenge for me. Um, many, many years ago, like probably 20 years ago, I found a company called Mel Luca. I think there were, a, um, what do you call that? The multi-level marketing type company. Um, I don't think they're in business anymore, but they did sell all natural cleaning products that I, that I used. But it's been a challenge, especially when you're used to, okay, I know I can spray bleach on this, on my tub. I know it's going to make it white. Um, and then you decide, I don't want to use bleach anymore. You know, what am I going to do? So I've had to come up with alternatives, but you can Google natural cleaning solutions. And I mean, honestly, it'll probably save you a lot of money because most things can be cleaned with vinegar and olive oil and baking soda and lemon juice. So I would suggest that if you want to rid your house of don't buy it make chemicals, it. make it, Google it. There's so much information out there. Um, I used to use furniture polish. I now make my own with lemon juice and vinegar and olive oil and put it in a spray bottle. It works great. Same with your floors. So you don't need to be spending all this money on johnson and wax products basically because they're not good for your health yeah they're not good for you i believe that toxins se johnson wax sc johnson so we don't get sued (laughs) what kind of stuff do you use nicole um well so 
for like my shampoo and conditioner. Like conditioner, I still kind of use Pantene. I'm not going to lie. Um, <gasps> but for my shampoo, I use this one. It's made out of Florida, but it's a natural one. I, I've actually had to be very careful with my shampoos since I was like in my early 20s because um, the sorrel oil sulfate that's in most shampoos that makes it foamy, that would irritate my scalp um, really badly. And so I had to start using natural shampoos. For, I've had to for the last 20 years. So I haven't used um, like a chemical shampoo in a really long time. This one I actually really love. And um, I can't, if anyone who out there um, has like treats their hair, like highlights or anything like that, this is an amazing shampoo if you want a natural one because it's so moisturizing. It's the most moisturizing natural shampoo I've ever had and it smells really good too. Um, so I can't remember the name of it, but I'll put it on the list um, in, in, in the, the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. Can, can I ask to me the obvious question? Why do you use, if, if, if you have this belief system that we know you do, and you want natural things and you just talk about this amazing shampoo, why do you then use the the biggest, shittiest brand of conditioner? Because conditioner actually isn't that big of a deal and uh, most natural conditioners don't do a good job of conditioning my hair. But have you read the ingredient list on your conditioner? Or are you okay with that? I'm okay with it. Listen, you know, that's a really drink, great question. Listen, though, because I, I'm, I'm, I am honestly surprised. Well, okay. First of all, I don't know why. It's not like I don't drink wine and like, that's not great for wine my body. Wine is natural. We get our hair colored. Yeah, I get my hair colored. I still wear makeup that isn't completely natural. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm genuinely surprised. Well, guys, I don't think. Or, you I, guys are like. 98% there. Yeah, we're not. like, oh, I'm okay. I, oh, all this stuff is terrible. These companies are terrible. You know what? But this one's okay. No, it's not. It's the same. How is this different than any of the other conversations? Because you, was, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. You know, like, it's not try a big to deal. make. I'm just shocked because of everything I know about you and Lisa. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, but I'll, I'll let that slide. Can I talk? Can I answer your question? Or do you want to keep talking? <laughs> So the way I I'm see it you is off right now. <laughs> the way I see it is that, you know, I try to do as much as I can, given the certain circumstances that we live in, to give myself as much of an advantage as possible. And also whether it's eco-friendly, um, animal friendly, uh, body friendly, like all of those kinds of things I always take into consideration. But, you know, like you said, if it's 98% and 2% isn't, I, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. In nature, everything is, so the health of our natural, okay, so if you go to the um, health of your intestines, the natural state is 80% good bacteria, 20% bad bacteria. Now, I will never, and, I, and, and this is important for you to, to hear this, Brian, is I will never eat fully 100% healthy all the time because it's actually not good for your immune system. Given the world that we live in, you want to still be putting certain things in your body that um, aren't the healthiest. And that doesn't mean like you go and have the crappiest thing, but you know, like if I were still eating meat, 
every now and then I still go have a burger, you know, or I'll have French fries. Like we had French fries. I love French fries. They're not healthy, but I freaking love them. And when I want them, I'll have them. And I don't feel bad about it because 90% of my diet is really healthy. So the other thing is, is that you have to understand that in order for the immune system to retain balance, it's always got to have something in there to work against to still be building up the antibodies. It's natural stuff. So to completely eradicate all um, things that would be deemed evil, so to speak, um, from a product standpoint, isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this episode. If you guys, did you ever watch the TV show Married with Children? Uh. Kind of. With Peg Bundy and Al Bundy. Yeah. Okay. I've and so so she had um, a personal trainer one time came in and he was so healthy. Like he just, he ate clean. He worked out all the time. Like he didn't touch anything that was bad for him. And then you know how she used to eat those bonbons on the couch. Yeah. So he, so one day he sat there and had some bonbons with her and he died. He died. <laughs> and the reason why he died is because of the very thing I just talked about. It's so important that you maintain some level of disruption within the body so that your immune system can stay strong. I think that you made a really good point, Nicole, about why it is sometimes that you eat French fries and other things that you know aren't necessarily good for you because the body has to have... It's like people that use the... um, what is it, the antibacterial stuff that they think is great, and they're rubbing it on their hands, like, all the time. I yeah. use it. But you don't use it. I, I hardly ever see you use it. So you use it occasionally. Yeah. You use it occasionally. Once some a month. People, right. Some people use it on a daily basis. I have seen people with it looped to their handbag or to their, their key ring, where they're just using it all the time. But your body needs to be able to build up the antibodies to kill the viruses that are coming and it's not necessarily healthy to be killing them all like it's a natural we have tons of bugs in us that are naturally i have heard that was a cause of some of the you know i mean if kids today are more allergy prone they're like allergic to peanuts and all these things that nobody ever used to be allergic to and i had heard that was one possible cause or maybe the cause that we're we're not you know i was a kid i played out in the dirt and you you know you never washed yourself and it was a fight to to you know to be put in the bath and get clean but now the environments are too clean you know we're using these like you were talking about bleach and you're you look at the commercials about the cleaning products and it kills 99.999 percent of everything but you don't want that right which goes to Nicole's point, which she was talking about and how, you know, to use a shampoo or, and in fact, the shampoo that we use isn't completely clean either. So I guess I'm okay with that. Yeah, but too. I don't care. I, I guess I don't either. I'm sensitive to a lot of shampoos. They make me very itchy. And sometimes if I find one, um, even though it may have, like, I won't get one with laurel sulfates and things like that. But um, if it maybe has some other, things that I don't recognize in it, I'm okay to use it because I, I do believe like Nicole said, a little bit is okay. Like your body can handle a small amount of toxins or whatever, but the things that we're using 
every day on a regular basis, the lotions, the, the foundation type makeup. Um, I, I use conditioner every day on a regular basis. Lipstick, things that sit on our skin, the bleaches, the ammonias, the cleaning products that we're putting on our floors, the stuff that's in the air, the, even scented candles and those scented air fresheners that people put into their outlets you know, that let off those fumes, like all those things aren't good for you. And, you know, I mean, you could probably smoke a cig one cigarette every couple of months and be perfectly fine. It's not a big deal. It's like using a shampoo or a conditioner, or maybe you, you know, use the thing on your hands every once in a while. But on a regular basis, it's just like about what you eat. Like, if you went to McDonald's every once in a while, I'm sure it wouldn't have that great of an impact on you. Yeah. Like, you know, when I had my laser eye surgery done when I was 24, you know, they said, okay, um, do you want to, because you're awake during the surgery and they're like, do you want us to give you Ativan just to kind of calm your nerves? And usually I would say no, but I was like, you know, I've done a really good job of saving up my usage of this kind of stuff. Like I use it when it's absolutely <laughs> like I think it's a good idea to use it. And, and you know, being calm during an eye surgery where I'm awake and I can see everything that they're doing to my eyes. I thought Ativan was a good choice. And so I said, yeah, you know, bring it on. And uh, and and so like there's there's things like that where, you know, you create balance. And so for the most part try to use as many healthy products as I can. I try to eat as healthy as I can. I, we, we all are drinking a gallon of distilled water every day. So, you know, that's detoxing us on a regular basis. So that when I go to have something that isn't necessarily healthy or isn't the greatest thing, I don't feel bad about it because I've done such a good job of taking care of myself for the majority. So that's just but those are all once in a while things that you're talking about. And I, and obviously I'm doing a terrible job of communicating here because you can't understand my shock. And even after what you just described, Lisa, things that we use every day, you want to be natural. So it's the once in, and I get that once in a while conditioner is an everyday thing. I, I don't think it falls into the once in a while category. The whole point of me. conditioner is you put it on your hair and you let it set and soak in. So you're putting this chemical on your scalp and letting it set and soak in. That's all I'm saying is I'm, sh I'm surprised. Yeah, but also you have to understand that the conditioner that I'm putting on, I'm not putting it on at the roots. I'm putting it on at the ends I of my either. hair. I only put and, it at the ends. Yeah, and I only wash my hair maybe two or three times a week. Mm. Yeah, and I, I try not to put it on my scalp. I actually do try to just put it on the ends. That's where my hairdresser said that's really the only place you need it anyway. How yeah. do you keep it off of your scalp? I don't rub it into my scalp. I just put a little. My hair is long, and then yeah. I just kind oh. of put it on the ends. You have short hair, so there's really so no why. way for you to keep that's, it off And maybe that's scalp. why I don't understand, because yeah. I'm thinking this is on me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we don't really get it into our scalp like you do. But it still, you know, runs down your body and touches your skin. And, I mean, it's a it's a valid point. It's definitely something to consider, finding a, a better solution to that. And I think Coconut that... Oil. I think I do coconut oil actually often so that I don't have to use conditioner all the time. Like I'll just rub coconut oil on my hands before, you know, like in the evening when I know I'm done going out or whatever. And I put a little bit on my head and wrap my hair up in a, and, in and, a bun and or something. And that's definitely one product we should 
mentioned, coconut oil is the many splendid product. Yeah, if you so don't know things. about coconut oil, Google that because we discovered this yesterday, or I just figured it out yesterday, but um, that it's better than butter, butter because Brian's toast. now dairy free. So I spread coconut oil on the toast. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> it tastes like cinnamon sugar. Brian said this is actually. It kind of reminded me of eating like cinnamon sugar toast because there's a little bit of sweetness to it and you've got the, the, the oil. And just, you know, if, if you're not familiar with coconut oil, when you bar, buy a jar of it, it's it's solid. It's or it's it's semi-solid. It's soft. It's like, a you know, it's like when you leave butter. It's like out lard. The, yeah. <laughs> it's not a it's not a, you know, a, li- a liquid like olive oil. Well, it depends on how warm your house is. When I was in Cayman, it always was because our house was 80 degrees. Ah, that's true. That's an interesting Mine point. does get liquid in the summer up in the bathroom because uh. I I use that as my lotion. So I just – I got rid of recently – I was using a lotion that had more stuff in it than I realized and it had wheat in it. And I found out recently I'm allergic to wheat, not gluten, but wheat. So I got rid of my lotion and I just strictly use coconut oil now. Um, for my for my body lotion, and I use it on my face a lot as well. You use it to take off your makeup. I use it to take off my makeup. And also and for it, um, the listeners, uh, if you're consuming coconut oil, it's important to know that it's one of those really healthy fats that doesn't actually um, adhere to your body as fat. It burns off immediately as energy. So. Yeah, coconut fat is one of those fats that doesn't store as fat on your body. Um, That's why it was significantly, well, not significantly, but they talked about it, again, in that movie that we recommended at the beginning, The Magic Pill. That's what they recommended cooking in was coconut oil, and that must be why. Well, that's no, that's one of the reasons. The the reason why they're telling you to cook with coconut oil is because it has a higher heat um, uh, capacity, so it won't become carcinogenic. A much higher heat than olive oil. Huh. So you can you can actually you can actually cook with coconut oil and it still maintains its structure and all of that. Um, and it doesn't go rancid or turn carcinogenic up until four hundred degrees. And so we learned that any of the like corn oils or even oils made from like sunflower seeds and things that have to use is it temperature to to really get the yeah. extract well, the oil. To go through, it has to go through some sort of process, you yeah. know, some sort of chemical intense process or high heat process or high pressure. So you want to stay away from all those types of cooking oils where avocado oil, olive oil, and coconut oil yeah. do not have to go through that process. So uh, there are, well, there are some products that do. So everyone look out, you don't want refined coconut oil. Uh, you want your um, it has to be virgin. To be, yeah, you want it to be cold pressed. Uh, so there, there are some ways that they'll screw around with your better like right. options. I've seen it with coconut oil, and so and um, olive oil. Well, too. even even product labeling. I mean, even, yeah. you know, just not even, not even the word you know natural flavoring. But this was also something that that we learned recently. You know that y- usually if they're trying to make these big bold claims on the front cover of whatever product you know it's probably not i think it was eggs that we were looking at you know it says oh you know this is all natural cage free all natural doesn't mean anything cage free doesn't mean anything you want it to say organic organic and you want it to say free range and same with like your meats 
you want your meats to be free range, grass fed. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I was actually thinking about this. Lisa, by the way, just had red meat um, recently. First time in like a long time. I don't know. I I quit eating red meat when I was eighteen, and I'm almost fifty. So <laughs> it was the first she, steak we, I've we had went out in that long. But you know, aggressive. <laughs> steak but i was i was even thinking about that just knowing how most companies want to screw you over because at the end of the day all they want is your money they don't really care about you as a that's customer. the epiphany everyone needs to have right they only want your money they don't care about you as a human being and they're trying to trick you okay so the idea that it says grass-fed well i can still have a, a sh- shitty pen of cattle and give them grass and guess what that's grass-fed right so you know you know, I, I guess unless you get into eating only Wagyu beef where they're getting massages and, you know, they get sake and, you know, all those great little things that. It's hard. It's just, you know, I think the hardest part is you have to take it into your own hands and you have to dig deeper. You have to ask the question. You have to ask the question. You have to do the research. You just can't take it off faith that, you know, because it's on a shelf or it it's being sold at the market or it says natural like this, that these, this may not be true. This still may not be good for you. So, and I didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, when Nicole was just talking about the properties of coconut oil, I'm like, I mean, you know, you can, you can scratch the surface and there's just, there's so much, there's so much information. I feel like I've been learning, you know, I've been learning since I was 17. I've, you know, intuitively known these things, but I raised a family. And in that time, you know, I sometimes use great, you know, natural cleaning products. And then I kind of fell off the wagon a little and, and, you know, for the most part, tried to, to feed my family healthy things, but then there was processed foods in there too. And it just, I think it's easier today than it was 25 years ago. Um, but it's something that you just, you have to do the research and you but you can ch- you can change it i mean i obviously was raised in the midwest and it was all crap and it, you know i th- i think you two have, have both said this you come to this like self realization you know it's like well that doesn't seem right and for me that's what i realized about food at a very probably when i was in i was in college you know that i realized what real food was and i I've always given my parents a hard time about what, what they're, you know, eating and it's not real food. And that was not education. I didn't go out to learn about what real food is. I just realized, Oh, this is better. I think some people, I don't know, like Nicole, you just at 17 or like you said, had this inner knowing as well as I did. I mean, I was raised in the same family as my seven other siblings, and I'm the only one, you know, at 17 who was like, just this doesn't feel right to me. So I think, you know, we all, some of us come with that intuitive knowledge, and others just really are, you know, clueless. But, you know, I want to say to it, no fault of their own because of the just intense programming that we have been put through. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, even my first thing was, oh, I don't want to take Tylenol when I have my my period cramps, you know, and everyone would be like, well, just take Tylenol. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just constantly take Tylenol every month because I have I'm in I'm in a bit of discomfort, 
You know, it's like I'd rather just go through the discomfort and be with my body and understand why it's, you know, and, and I never actually experienced major cramping the way like some like some women girls that I knew couldn't function they couldn't get out of bed they couldn't go to school they couldn't like do anything and I just didn't know what that was like and you know part part of me wonders like is it because I didn't you know allow these medications to keep numbing me and so that I just when it did happen I you know I don't know. Like, I think that's part of it. I don't think it's the full thing because I think all of our bodies react differently to different things. And and obviously our own pain tolerance is all uniquely different too. And so, but like for me, it was that. And then the next thing was McDonald's. Ate, ate a burger, didn't like it, almost threw up in my mouth. And from that day on, I never ate McDonald's again. It was Wendy's for Lisa me. Lisa had the exact same experience. <laughs> With Wendy's. I was going to say something about, oh, just lost my train of thought. Well, yeah. And so like, <laughs> you know, for me, like fast food was just, I was like, nope, I'd rather not. If I'm going to have a burger, I'd actually want to have a good burger, you know? And if I'm going to have French fries, I actually want them to not be bleached and um, cooked in, you know, God knows what other kind of fats that McDonald's was cooking them in, you know? So like th- there are so many things that happen and then you just follow your own guidance. You're, you start listening to your body. And that's actually one of the best ways to start tuning into that higher self. You just start listening to what your body is trying to tell you. And like Lisa said, like her back pain has taught her to listen to her body more. Our body has so much to teach us. There's so much wisdom to impart on us if we actually just take the time to listen, be silent, uh, and try things out. You know, like it doesn't mean you're going to figure the answer out on the first go. It, it means, but you might want to do some trial and error with things. You know, oh, is, is this the one thing that maybe is causing this issue? And maybe it's not. But you, you know, it's like, you start fiddling around with things. You start <laughs> becoming like a little human experiment with yourself. You know that um, when you're talking about period cramps and why someone might have them worse or why yours were less or whatever, I was amazed. We bought this book after watching The Magic Pill. The the guy, he's a chef who, who, made, the movie. who made the movie and he has a book out called Gut Health. We can put that in the show notes. But I was amazed to read that what leaky gut syndrome, some of the things that it causes, and I think I mentioned it said MS on there and Alzheimer's, but also it did mention um, the menstrual cycle and and extreme cramping and things. So Eczema, which which I have and I have leaky gut, and it just goes to show you that you know, you, you you watch TV for an hour and half the commercials you see are probably going to be so, – it's either about food or pills or it's going to be about pills. I mean that's that's all, all it is. And my, my sister-in-law, wicked smart, um, oncologist, um, you know – 21 years of schooling. Studies – Not including high school. The curing of cancer, right? And we were, we were talking about it. The, it's the wrong focus. And we were even, Lisa and I were on a walk the other day, and there's a saying that we all know an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound to cure. And yet, and this wrap, this goes right back to what we were talking about you know, what is medicine? What, who are doctors today? They're being trained on the cure. But an ounce of prevention is worth more than that. So, why isn't the medical profession focusing on the preventative prevention. medicine? And it's not. It's absolutely not. And his and his sister-in-law is as brilliant as she is. 
it just her own health you can see it she hasn't you know made that connection i'm like you know she's doing such a great job giving up her life and her time to be a service to others and help to cure cancer but at the same time you know the focus is in the wrong place because so much of cancer can be cured from just what's being put in your mouth, the products you're putting on your body, mm. and the, the stuff that you're using around mm. your house. It's mind-boggling to think that you can cure cancer just by changing your diet. It's just mind-boggling. As well as cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And if you watch yeah. this movie, The Magic Pill, they, and autism. It's, four, <laughs> it's like four different people and how they change their diet and then the effect that it had on them and their yeah. their the, illnesses. It the, would just it, the, the one woman in there that had... Diabetes, diabetes and was cured within 10 weeks. I think it was five, five weeks. weeks. She was cured. And she was of spending $1,000 a month on medication for her diabetes. Five weeks gone. I mean, that's a $12,000 a year raise she got. Yeah, and, it is. I mean, just that kind of stuff blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah, so like to all our listeners out there, uh, hopefully this show was helpful in helping you understand like some of the products that we use and how we've gotten to where we've gotten to with our health and why we make certain choices that we do. And if any of it We're resonates, yeah, if anyone, if it resonates with you, then I would say, you know, try it or look into it. If it doesn't resonate with you, go with that. Don't do it because we've said to do it or this is what we're doing. Uh, it's really important to listen to your own body because our, our bodies are all unique. What So, for instance, what might be working for Brian may not work for me because of yeah. the certain chemical composition within my body and, and genetics. There's all these different things. So it's so important to listen to yourself. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll leave all of this stuff in the show notes. It'll be a very lengthy show notes. And I would suggest going over to our website to click on this particular episode to get all the information because there's only so much I'll be able to put in the show notes um, in iTunes that will show up, I think, as a link. I'm not sure. But just in case, if you don't find everything, then just go over to our website, enlightenup.us um, uh, forward slash podcast, and you should find the episode there. So, um, and, and, if, and if you guys have any suggestions for, for an episode, let us know. Obviously, this was a suggestion, um, a suggestion you know, an, an email from a, from a listener. So we're, we're happy to talk about things that you guys are interested in. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you and know what's kind of uh, burning away at your brain and what you'd like to know more information about. And we're happy to offer whatever we can and share more experiences because uh, we're never at a loss for that. <laughs> or if you have a great story, we'd love to have our listeners on as guests as well. If there's something that, you know, you want to share or you know, something that you've gone through, then possibly we could do a show with you. Yeah. So all of that, can you can send in all that information to info at enlightenup.us. And uh, we check our emails regularly. And uh, we'd love to have anyone on or just even hear your suggestions. So thanks so much. And thanks, Lisa and Brian, for being here and sharing oh. your beautiful insights. Thanks, Nicole. All right, everyone, we'll catch you next week. And uh, Michael will be back with us. So uh, until then, bye. Bye. Bye.